Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. One of the most frequent themes of all the Gospels is eternal life. That Jesus Christ came down from heaven to give us eternal life, that we might live forever with God. But this idea, I think, today is not always as desirable as it could be and I think should be. It's not always as great of a motivating factor for us in our daily life as Christians. We don't exactly understand what this idea of eternal life is, and it doesn't always seem that relevant to our daily life. In fact, some people, I think, even have an idea that it doesn't even sound that attractive. I mean, what am I going to do for eternity? It sounds kind of boring. But to have a proper understanding of what eternal life consists in is so important and can be so powerful for us in helping us live out our Christian life. And I think there's two big obstacles for us in having a, a true appreciation of what this gift, this opportunity for eternal life can mean for us. On the one hand, as I've said, we don't really have a clear idea of what it is. And so we need to think about and talk about what we can know about what heaven will be like. But the first thing that needs to be said is we really have no idea what heaven will be like. Right? It's so far beyond our experience of life here on earth that it's impossible for us to have an adequate idea or image of what it's going to be like. Scriptures tell us that. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into the mind of man what God has ready for those who love him. It's impossible for us to know what's awaiting us in the kingdom of heaven. But we can get a small glimpse of what it will be like. And there's two ways that we do this. First, we have to realize that we make a mistake if we just project our experience of life here on earth onto heaven but it'll just go on forever. That's not at all what it will be like because in heaven, there will be no imperfection. And so we need to think about our life and all of the things that in different ways can make life difficult or burdensome. Our frustrations and our anxieties, our fears, disappointments and failures, our sins, our suffering, our loss, the tension in our relationships, there will be no suffering, no sadness, no disappointment, no inadequacy, no boredom, no doubt, no fear. There is no evil in heaven, no imperfection, no struggle, no difficulty. It is absolute and perfect bliss. And so we need to take away from our idea or from our image anything and everything that appears to us as negative because there will be none of that in heaven. But we can also start to try to get a, a little bit of a positive idea or glimpse into the joys of heaven. 
Think about all of the experiences in your life in which you have recognized something good, something true, something beautiful, love, peace, joy, happiness, some experience, some moment, a relationship, a time in which you truly rejoiced in what you possessed, in what you were experiencing, in who you were with, a moment of true contentment, happiness. Take all of those moments throughout your entire life, add them all up, and then multiply that by infinity. You see, our minds cannot comprehend the joy and the peace and the love that's waiting for us in heaven. But we can go even one step further because think about all those experiences that we've had that we recognize as good. They came and they went. They didn't last. Our life here on earth is is one of ups and downs, joys and sorrows. But think about that moment of profound contentment or peace or happiness and imagine if you could capture it so that it never faded, so that you never lost it, and so that it never got old. And that gives us a small glimpse of what eternity will be like because eternity is not a really long time. Eternity is not a really long time. Eternity is the absence of time. And we don't know what that's like, but we get a small glimpse of it because we have experiences where we lose track of time. We say things like time, flo- time really flew. Oh, where did the time go? When we're truly absorbed in something and it has our full attention or when we're truly content, we have this experience of losing track of time. Where did the time go? We don't perceive it passing. Well, that gives us a small glimpse into eternity because in heaven, we will be so absorbed in the knowledge and love of God. We will be so perfectly content that we will literally lose track of time forever. That is what God has in store for us. Perfect and unending joy and love and peace beyond anything we can possibly imagine. That's the gift that he offers to each one of us. But there's a second truth I think we need to remember that helps us appreciate this gift that we're called to is to remember that there's an alternative. Too many people today, including too many Christians, think that heaven is just a guarantee, that it's automatic. But there is nothing of that sort in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, he says the opposite many times. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who find it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. My friends, there is an alternative to heaven. We call it hell. 
It's not something we like to think about or talk about, nor should we. It's not a pleasant reality, but it is a reality. And people go there because the love of God has to be freely accepted. And therefore, the love of God can be freely rejected. The stakes of our life could not be higher. Our souls are literally in the balance. Life is about the salvation of souls. It's about getting people to heaven because the alternative is hell. This is what Christ came to offer us. This is what Christ came to save us from. We call him our savior. What does he save us from? Hell. But only if we accept him, only if we love him, and only if we follow him. And the road to heaven is not easy. In fact, it is quite hard. But we hear in our gospel that Jesus gives us what we need to get to heaven. He gives us eternal life in the Eucharist. The bread of life, the bread from heaven that is his very flesh offered for us. And in the Eucharist, we have every grace that we need to arrive one day at eternal life. But my friends, the Eucharist is not a magic pill. It has to be received properly and worthily with humility and reverence and devotion and faith that it truly is the body and blood of our Lord. And it has to be received in a state of grace. For 2,000 years, the church has taught us, based upon the very words of St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, that if we receive the Eucharist without examining ourselves, without examining our consciences and repenting of our sins, then we receive and bring upon condemnation upon ourselves. We must receive the Eucharist worthily, having confessed our mortal sins, because that's the only way we can receive the life that's imbued in the Eucharist, to be one with God in this life and in the next. So let us repent of our sins. Let us put our trust in the merciful love of our Savior, who will forgive us of anything and everything, but only if we repent. And having repented, we can receive the bread of life, the bread from heaven that will bring us to heaven, that will bring us to that perfect life of eternity with God.